0: Hello and welcome to the Accountability Coach podcast where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money and work less so you can enjoy having your ideal business and your ideal life. This is Ann Backrack. Today we have a special guest with us who I think you will find to be a wealth of information related to helping us be as productive as possible so you can achieve your professional and personal goals sooner Maybe than you thought even possible. Eric Fisher is the producer and host of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast, which he has been broadcasting for over 10 years. Eric talks with productivity experts as they share how they implement productivity strategies in their personal and professional lives. His mission is to explore all aspects of productivity as a means towards the true end goal, which he believes is helping you live a meaningful life. You know, I started podcasting in 2008, and there weren't many people at that time who even knew what a podcast was back then. I remember when Eric came on the podcasting scene, years after I had started, having a lot of success and influence to help people like me, who really didn't know exactly what they were doing, to get their message out to listeners like you. Welcome, Eric. We really appreciate you joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You know, i like to just jump right in. So share with us what common productivity obstacles successful business owners often face and then how they overcome them.
1: Well, I think one of the biggest obstacles that successful business owners always face, this is a, this is a non-negotiable, is trying to figure out what they should be working on at any given time. Most often, they've got, you know, they've got a clear business model. They've got an idea for what they should be doing, but they've got also the other things they want to try. They've got the, you know, the day-to-day being in the business, you know, admin type stuff to do, uh, depending upon, you know, (laughs) how large the business is, and they've just not got any idea as to at what time they should be doing what thing. And the thing that I heard from Jay Bear, this was years ago when he was early on the show, he said, you need to be doing the thing that only you are uniquely qualified to do. So if there's things that you can do, but somebody else could do them for you, you have to either hire or delegate those things out to other people so that you can pay attention to and work on solely first and foremost, the things that only you are uniquely qualified to do in your business.
0: I totally agree with that. And I constantly am telling my clients the exact same thing. So even when they're working on something, I tell them to ask themselves, could someone else do part of this or all of this? So really everything that you're doing should be scrutinized as to, are you the only one that can do it? And if not, you know, make a list of all these things and start delegating those things out. So I couldn't agree more. How do we really overcome these thoughts that we have that we need to be doing all of this? And how do we really start to really analyze that and break it down so we are only focused on the things that we can do?
1: Well, first and foremost, you've got to track your time. You've got to say, okay, what am I using my time on? And I know this gets Really down into the weeds for a lot of people. But there are different types of apps out there that you can do some initial setup with, do some homework with, and say, okay, and, and even before you set the app up, you can say, okay, I'm going to sit down with a, a legal pad and a pen and, or, or pencil or something and a cup of coffee or I don't know, your beverage of choice. But just do a brain dump and say, here's where I feel like I'm spending the most of my time and create those categories. And then you can set those categories and even like drill down one level in them and then put those into whatever your app of choice is. There's, I think there's an app called Toggle, T-O-G-G-L, or maybe there's a T-O-G dot L or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, look up Toggle and time tracking, you'll find it. And I've had great success with it and others have as well. And you create those categories. And then when you are moving from thing to thing to thing for about a week or even two weeks, you press those different buttons and it tracks the time that you are spending on certain things. So you can kind of get a better, clearer, more data-driven picture of how you're spending your time. And then you'll realize, oh, uh, you'll probably be shocked at what you find you're spending more time on than you probably think you do or should be. And once you have that data, you can start to actually make clearer, data-driven decisions about what needs to be delegated which things you need to be spending more time on, because you're not spending enough time on them at all yet. And, uh, you know, get a clearer picture of some next steps. And again, just doing some of these things that I just said are going to get you some of the way there, but it's probably going to be a process and repeat type thing that you'll do multiple times throughout. I don't know, it's probably a good quarterly check-in to, you know, track your time for once a week and just make sure you're calibrated right.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. At least once a quarter is good and toggle can be used by staff as well right to help them determine where they're spending their time also to see if they're really doing what they're supposed to be doing
1: that's correct yes yeah so you can have you know your whole team using it and it's it's really good to just take i mean again it's good to take a pulse on where things are at and how much time you're spending because you know your minutes are in, your minutes make your hours make your days make your weeks make your months make your years so you really want to not just fritter away those minutes, and every minute counts.
0: Yeah, I've actually read that most people say when asked that they waste at least two hours a day.
1: I don't, I don't doubt that, and I've heard similar things like that. And honestly, let's face it, like we as humans think we're doing, like there's this standard, and I'm using air quotes here, but you can't see it. There's this standard that has been agreed upon, much like the five day work week, which used to be a six day work week, that eight hours a day is what we do. We do the eight to five, often we call it the nine to five. And that it's expected that you're literally firing on all cylinders, driving 60 miles per hour down the highway in productivity at all of those moments. And the thing is, is that there is ebb and there is flow. There are different energy levels required and different amounts of awareness and focus required for different types of tasks. So going for a walk or doing something different to get out of the mode is still productive, but it may not appear that way. And so we've got to kind of break this cycle of thinking that every hour is worth the same same amount of time as every other hour when it comes to this for business owners, because One hour spent in focus, getting something started and completed, or if it was already started previously, in that hour, completing it is much more valuable than just sitting around (laughs) thinking and doing, you know, piddly stuff. But actually, a previous guest uh, recently said to me, actually, some of that admin task stuff that I don't have to pay a lot of attention to, but needs to get done. And again, this might be delegatable stuff, or if it's only you that can do it because it's direct one-on-one with clients in digital format, <laughs> in email or you know voicemails, whatever, then that's what you do. But don't discount that work. Don't say that you know focus work or deep work, I should say, is more valuable and other types of work are less valuable. But all this to say that, an eight-hour workday, and some of us, it's more that we, <laughs> we're, we're doing stuff in the evenings as well. Really, it's all about flexing the time. It's all about getting the stuff done that needs to get done and not overthinking it.
0: Absolutely. You're on a roll here, Eric. I love it. So what other resources or tools, other than Toggle you mentioned, have you seen successful business owners implement to increase their productivity and their team's productivity?
1: Well, going along kind of with what I was just saying, and this is a tool everybody pretty much has, depending upon what form it takes on your you know, style of computer and or smartphone, is whatever, whatever form of do not disturb slash airplane mode you have, do it because one of the biggest other things that can be a distraction for productivity is to have your phone within reach of you while you're working on something that does not require that phone. I'm gonna say that again. It is a scientific study. It's been done and you can look it up. Having your phone within reach and even within eyesight can drain your focus from the thing that you are trying to get done. Again, that's if you're not using the phone for work purposes.
0: Wow, that's a really good one. I like that one a lot.
1: Yeah, it's it's like a mental RAM draining, you know, app that is open in your head because it's sitting there. Like, in fact, mine, I moved it before we started talking. And so I can't see it. I can't hear it. I can't think about it. And I've got it on do not disturb. So it's not going to make any noises. So it's out of sight, out of mind. The adage is really actually true. And I'm not thinking about, you know, oh, no, what if somebody's this? What if somebody that? No, I have decided to be fully present with you. And that's what's happening.
0: You could even leave it in another room. Let's say you needed to go do some focused work, maybe take your body to the conference room or a different room and work and leave your phone in your office or work in your office and put your phone in the conference room or someplace else. So it's not visible anywhere.
1: Yes, exactly. And, and at my house, since I am a remote worker and many other people are as well, we have a standing or what is it called? It's it's a charging stand, little, you know, kind of collecting place that everybody's phones in the house goes to and can sit there and be charging. So, you know, I can walk down the hallway, plug my phone in, let it sit there, walk away, go to my office, and my phone is now not within reach So I can't get bugged. I can't. Now, and and obviously some people are like, well, what if it's an emergency? You have contingencies for that. Don't worry about it. But this is for when you are in the absolute mode of focus where you need to get stuff done. And uh, oftentimes we will pick up our phone to check the time, swipe up, start swiping, tapping, moving, and going from app to app because the not only are the apps designed this way, but so is the technology, to be very addictive. So. You've got to fight it somewhere, and this is a start to that.
0: Very insightful. How do you recommend that we prioritize our tasks, especially if we really feel like we're already efficient in our business and what we're doing to really enhance our productivity even more? What are your thoughts on that?
1: So this goes kind of piggybacking off of the time tracking piece. So once you've tracked your time and you've kind of idealized you know, what's an ideal day for you or an ideal, I would say actually start with an ideal week, then plan out ideal days in there where you've got certain themed days where, hey, this is the day where I do more of my calls because I have higher energy or um, if you're you're kind of unique like me, (laughs) well, everybody's unique, but if you're somebody who can do calls easier in the morning, then you schedule them then, those kinds of things. You put those big rocks, those important things, those regular recurring tasks there. Then, it's all the other stuff that kind of gets to fit in, and it depends on what's, you know, most important. And so and when it comes down to it, a- again, this is all about the hierarchy and using the eighty twenty rule, which if most people, you know, a lot of people don't know what the eighty twenty rule is, so I'll give a little bit of a, an explanation here. But essentially, the 80-20 rule says, and it's also called the, by the way, it's also known as the Pareto Principle. Uh, But essentially, it says that 80% of your outcomes or your output, your results, if you will, are from 20% of the things that you're doing, and that's kind of annoying, right? It's kind of it's annoying to know that 80% of your output is from 20% of what you're doing, and you're like, "But I'm doing 100% of the things." I hear everybody saying. Well, what it comes down to is that you've got to identify those. 20% 20% things. You, you figure out, okay, of the 80% of the stuff that I'm doing, what is that 20% and how can I be doing more of that? And that's actually another really cool way to reframe what we were talking about earlier with the time tracking and the delegating and being, you know, the things that only you can uniquely do. And so then once you've got those 20 things, or sorry, the 20% things, you can start to prioritize those based on time about how urgent things are, or how important it is, like something is going to move the needle more than something else, then you can rank those things as well. So you kind of got a grid there. Franklin Covey kind of came up with that where you've got the urgent and important, not urgent, but important, and so on and so on. I won't go name all four sectors, but that's how you can start to group your tasks and then plot them accordingly onto your calendar, because that's the other key piece, make calendar time, for these specific things so that somebody else can't take that time from you.
0: That's really interesting. We talked about the phone being a distraction, a huge distraction and what to do with that. I'd love to hear your thoughts on other tips that we can use to deal with all the many distractions that can come into our focus for just even our brain, right? Squirrel, squirrel! To really help us stay focused and productive.
1: Yeah, well, your brain is a muscle. And people forget that because it doesn't do a lot of heavy lifting, figure to, literally, you know, like your biceps do, so to speak. And when it comes down to it, training your brain with either meditation or uh, downtime, giving it time to breathe, time to rest. This is, again, why I say go for a walk, do meditation, have morning routines that sustain you, have breaks in between different gaps of time where you've got in you know natural built-in margin to come down and then you allow yourself to pick up the phone. Say, hey, um, delayed gratification. After this meeting, that's when I get to go pick up my phone and I can scroll and do this, that, and the other uh, favorite <laughs> apps at that time. But for now, I am focused. I am doing work. And your brain will, uh, allow, will allow you to do that. One of the other cool things, though, is your brain... <laughs> This is one of those things that you can do to train your brain. Um, I mentioned legal pad earlier, and I mentioned, you know, putting the phone out of reach earlier. But what I'll do, and I learned this, I forget who I learned this from, but basically they said, look, when I'm trying to focus, just because I'm trying to focus doesn't mean my brain is cooperating. Now, you can train your brain, and over time you get better at this, but he keeps a legal pad and a pencil or a pen nearby. And so when a thought arises that has nothing to do with the work that he's working on at the time, he would pull the legal pad over pick up the writing utensil, write the thing down to acknowledge it, and then slide it away, and then get back to work. Brain gets appeased because you paid attention to that thought that rose up, but then it's also you're saying, it's kind of like dealing with toddlers, right? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yes, let's do that, but we'll do that in a little bit, not right now, and so on and so on with your own brain. And What's funny is that your brain will actually be like, oh, yeah, no, he did come back and deal with that thing that I brought up to him. It wasn't right at that moment, but it happened. And so we're all good. And over time, you will learn to do it more and more with less and less distraction.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Even most of us probably have experience waking up in the middle of the night with thoughts. Oh, I've got to remember to do this or oh, I don't want to forget to do that. And even having that piece of paper and a pen or pencil by your nightstand can help you just write those thoughts down so you can go back to sleep.
1: Yes, exactly. And the thing is is again, don't keep your phone by the bed, don't keep it by your workspace when you're in these modes or, you know, when you're when you're wanting sleep, you want to sleep. When you want to work, you want to work. Then go get it when it's time. Designate the time for that technology that you're having trouble being distracted by.
0: We talked a little bit briefly about mindset. So in what ways can a business owner's mindset, what other ways can it really impact their productivity levels?
1: Well, I don't know about you, but I know that my productivity, well, for the longest time, and even now, actually, I'm not gonna say I'm perfect because nobody is, your Mm. mood affects that. And I know that's not necessarily a mindset per se. A lot of people consider mood to just be dealt with. Uh, mood is is an emotion, they, they think. But here's the thing. Your mood is the lens as well as your perspective is your lens. There are different lenses that you're looking at your surroundings as well as your internal workings that are going on while you're thinking, feeling, doing, being. <laughs> and so I found that, again, this goes back to, you know, morning routines and evening routines where you want to set yourself up for the day, as well as close out your workday, passing the baton to your future self. So tie up any loose ends, close things off like that, you know, kind of regiment or or check things off, get things set up for the next day, pass that baton off, you know, because that's one of the things that's best about (laughs) relay races is it's not so much how fast people are running. It's about the handoff. If you fumble that handoff, then somebody's got to scrounge around on the ground, pick the baton back up, and the other team's already by you. So, (laughs) But yeah, it comes down to starting the day fresh and right with different, uh, the right perspective. And and only you know for you what's going to work best for you when it comes to that. But then also maybe little check-ins throughout the day that are recalibration moments. Those are helpful. Again, those are those margin moments where you've set aside time in between meetings and in between deep work and focus time and admin time and conversations, and then closing the day down, right, work-wise, and then closing the day down, right, human-wise as a being, as a human being, you know, you know, a good night's sleep is is only going to happen if you're setting yourself up for it in the evening the right way. So it's that repeated cycle of not being overbearing with yourself, giving yourself grace and giving yourself constant check-ins without feeling like you're micromanaging yourself.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what I'm hearing you say also is when you're talking about closing the day down, right, is really yeah finishing anything off. So there's no loose ends. You're looking for what your day is going to be tomorrow. So you know how you're going to start the day, not coming into the day going, what should I be doing today? Or what's on my calendar today? <laughs> and not having already learned the night before what's going to be happening. Am I getting that right?
1: Yes, correct. Yeah. It, it, it's a matter of and thing is, is, I get it. Not everything can be fully finished before walking away from it because we have commitments, we have plans, we have, you know, closing time, we have margin, etc. But it's about knowing, oh, I know where I am picking this back up tomorrow and at what point in time, point in time I am picking this back up so that you give yourself that cool, like, I don't know, uh, best way to say it is like an on-ramp to say, okay, quick, how can I jump back into this tomorrow quickly? And just write yourself a note, like, next step is da-da-da-da-da, and then you know what it is when you pick it back up tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I love that. Totally love that. It drives me crazy when I'm talking to somebody and they say, oh, I didn't really know until I came in this morning what I was supposed to be doing or what was on my calendar or sorry I'm late. I didn't see this in my calendar. It's like you didn't look at it the night before. (laughs) I always think that's just crazy. Share with us some other productivity hacks that are specifically tailored for people who are already successful and want to be even more successful.
1: Well, I can throw out another one here that kind of falls into tangent um, and cooperation with everything else we've talked about. Um, I'm not sure if your listeners are familiar with another tool called the, the, um, the Pomodoro Technique. But essentially what this is, is it allows you to, especially if you have ADHD problems or distraction problems or just getting started problems like we all do, basically you say, "Okay, I am going to sit down. And I'm going to do 15 minutes on this thing, whatever that thing is. You set a timer for 15 minutes. And by the way, Pomodoro is the Italian word for tomato. And the person that invented this was doing it with a little kitchen timer that was the shape of a tomato. So that's why it's called that. And so you set this timer. You can get a tomato timer if you want to. They sell them on Amazon. I've seen them. Uh, But you get a timer and you turn it. And by the way, I suggest you get an actual timer, not... Uh, using your phone, again, for reasons we've already talked about in this conversation. Turn that timer to 15 seconds, or sorry, 15 minutes, work till it goes off. When it goes off, take a five-minute break. Get up, walk around, go refresh your beverage, use the bathroom, step outside, or if it's too hot or too cold, do the opposite, etc. But change up your scenario, change up, you know, get the blood flowing, move around, and then when that five minutes is up, come back, do another 15 minutes. Repeat this three times in one hour, and you've done one whole cycle, and then take a longer break, a 15 or a 20 minute break to refresh yourself completely. And this is how you will find that if you, and this also kind of goes to uh, uh, the uh, another, uh, what is it called, another principle where work expands to fill, it, it's called Parkinson's law, and where work expands to fill the time that is available for it. And so by you saying, <laughs> you know, most times people are like, I'm gonna write this report in an hour. Yeah, but if you told yourself, "You, I'm gonna do this report in half an hour, you'd do it. Now, even if it wasn't as good or as perfect, you'd at least have a start to finish report done. And you'd be so much further along and beyond the hangups of, oh man, I don't know where to start, or I don't know what all needs to be in it. This is something, by the way, my daughter starting college recently. Uh, This is one of the things I've been working with her on is like, look, you don't have to have it be perfect. Get that crappy rough draft out of your head immediately, and then, then you can perfect it. But only after you've already got that crappy draft there that you can work on it with and kind of have an idea of what you're going to do with it. So that's Parkinson's law. That's also the Pomodoro technique.
0: Yeah, I love it. I even have some clients that ordered the Pomodoro timer itself (laughs) off of Amazon to use it. So they really are getting some value from that. Now, as we all know, it's important to set goals and really pay attention to the progress that we're making against those goals. How do you see setting clear and measurable goals contribute to really enhancing productivity?
1: Well, this is the other piece, like we we all want to get stuff done, but to what end? So if you don't have an end in mind, then what are you just kind of just using your time for for no reason? I mean, we've all been to the place where we've looked back and we've said, oh, man, like it would have been nice. to." And and often we're falling for like a comparison trap. We're looking at somebody else and what they're doing or how their business is or something along those lines. And we're like, man, they got to there in faster time than I did. Or I'm not where they are yet, but I want to be. What you don't realize is they just did things consistently. They set a goal and they laid a brick every single day and eventually it became a wall, and that wall became a house, and now you're seeing the house. So it's all about having a long-term goal set aside in time-based, some, you know, some kind of time-based mechanism of saying in a year, and you mark and you don't just say in a year vague, you say. By like we're recording this, you know, in the summer. So I would say before next summer, although that's more that's still more vague than it should be. It really should be by next year, July first, twenty twenty four, I will have, and you insert here, I'm gonna go ahead and say, I will have written a book, or I will have written my book, I should say. Make it as specific as you can, make it as time based as you can. And then once you've got that done, it's like, okay, well, what are the you've got to basically now that you've set that in stone, so to speak, reverse engineer it. What do you need to do well you've got to have an outline you've got to write chapter by chapter and each chapter is written page by page so how many words what's your word count different things like that and you break it down reverse engineer it and say here are the mile markers for that and then here's where i need to be at those different times and you can again goals like this aren't meant to be so rigid that it makes you beat yourself up when you don't hit the mile markers it's meant to get you to do more than you would do if you hadn't planned at all. so that's that's the importance of goals and again it's all about doing as much planning as you can, doing as much breaking it down into the smallest piece possible that's easy to say, okay, i'm going to take 10 minutes and then that's my word count for today or 20 minutes, half an hour depending upon what your your agenda is.
0: really appreciate you sharing that. any thoughts on how we can create the right environment that really encourages productivity
1: yeah man there's a there's a lot to do here so <laughs> like for example everybody <laughs> know everybody in my house knows that when i hang something on my door that says do not disturb like I am literally to not be disturbed. You you know that there will be consequences. So it's it's about designing whether it's in your head or it's in your physical workspace, um, having a clear and concise way of having everything laid out. So you know I I, <laughs> I know a lot of people who've had messy cubicles, messy offices, and They think they're getting work done. A lot of people, this also translates to, uh, (laughs) gosh, one of the worst things is people's browser tabs, right? How many tabs do you have open? Oh, my gosh, they screen share during a Zoom call, and they've got 30, and that's low for some people. I know there's hundreds for some people, but you know that, like, having all those open in the same way that your computer struggles with that to keep all those tabs open, although it may kill some of them until you reopen them psychologically that also happens. So having a clear desk this is again part of the shutdown r- rhythm and routine for me. Handing the handing the baton to me or you know future me each day is me clearing off my desk and putting things away and putting things in the drawers and moving my chair and all that kind of good stuff. It's it's setting it up. It's almost it's it's very much a ritual and it helps me to have that clear workstation you know, and even unplugging the laptop and putting it away in a bag so I'm not tempted to come back and pull it out and start doing stuff when I'm not supposed to. There are times where it's like, no, I have to go, oh, you know what? I need to spend five more minutes on this, but I don't have the time. I'll come back later. That's totally fine. It's flexible. That's the world we live in these days. But again, it's about having that ritual, that routine, that workflow of organizing and Honestly, simplifying your workspace and keeping it clean and clear. I don't care if you feel like, honestly, I don't care if you feel like, oh, no, I'm a messy desk person. Yeah, but that means you're really not getting as much done. Sorry, it's it's also psychologically proven.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's just amazing how just working on one thing at a time pulling it out, working on it, pulling it up on your computer, working on it, and not having all these other distractions around you. It's like our subconscious and our thoughts distract us enough. We don't need physical distractions around us to make it even worse, right?
1: Yeah, we don't wanna wanna have the equivalency of a hoarder house on our desktop internally in our head or on our desktop of our computer or our literal desktop where we do
0: our work. That's a great way to phrase it. I love that. I hadn't thought of it that way before, but boy, you get a visual of a hoarder. See, I definitely don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) Any other thoughts that you want to share that you think are really important that we haven't talked about already to help us be more productive?
1: The one last thing that I would say is productivity is very subjective and you can be as as productive as you want to be and give yourself as much space to do whatever you want to do. Again, the real important thing here is being consistent and knowing what expectations there are of you by either yourself, your manager, your co-workers, or the people that work under you or for you or with you on your team. All those different relationships, you with yourself and you with others, there's expectation there. And as if you aren't aware of of that expectation, you don't have a clarity there, then anything can go any which way and that's where all the friction happens. There's so much productivity based in our relationships, again, to ourselves as well as to our others, um, as well as to others that we work with. It's why we often come up with productivity guilt because there are unstated rules either from ourselves, again, oh man, I should have gotten done, I should have gotten more done today. Well, who who says? Is it you? Is it someone else? And and what was it that you didn't get done? And by asking some of these, you know, dig a little deeper type questions, you'll start to realize that oh, well, wait a second, maybe I didn't need to get more done today because if I check according to what I st- you know, set out to do today, I have 99% checked off well, then why do I feel this way? So you know, it, got, it starts to go deeper into some psychological things and relational things, but that's where some of the really good stuff happens when you can really figure that stuff out and let go of some of the productivity guilt.
0: Wow, I never heard the terminology productivity guilt, but boy, I can see how that can happen for sure. I love the fact that you talked about really being consistent. You talked about having routines. You talked about really being organized. And sometimes I think people don't really value or undervalue being consistent, having routines, and really how that really helps them be more organized and productive.
1: Yeah, it's really all about where you show up and how you can show up when you need to show up. So it's yeah, it's it's really about being consistent and showing up and and being there when you say you're going to be there. And again, depending upon your agreed-upon expectations with yourself and others, that's how you know.
0: Awesome. Well, how can we hear more from you, Eric?
1: Well, the best case for me to go check out what I'm doing is to go over to my podcast, BeyondTheToDoList.com, and you can find the show there. I've been doing it for uh, basically 11 years now, lots of great conversations there about all these topics and much more to be more productive.
0: Awesome. Hey, I really appreciate you sharing your valuable time with us today, it was great.
1: Thank you so much for having me, it was a great time.
0: To help you with delegation, in other words, stop doing revenue generation or business development avoidance activities and delegate more, you can download my free delegation exercise to help you identify even more activities to delegate because my guess is you probably still have a few more that you can delegate. Go to bit.ly, that's b i t . l y forward slash delegation hyphen exercise. And as Eric was talking about really tracking your time, there are apps like Toggle and many other apps that you can use, the Pomodoro timer, And you can also download my complimentary time log exercise that you and your team members can use to help you be even more efficient. And simple instructions come with this exercise to help you complete it. You can download this time log exercise at accountabilitycoach.com forward slash time hyphen log. And when we're talking about prioritizing activities, I created a prioritized action list or PAL Similar to a to-do list or a task list, but obviously the name, it's Prioritized Action List. Everything is always in priority order. It's a simple Excel spreadsheet, and again, you can use your contact management system or other things that you already have technology-wise on your computer to model something like a Prioritized Action List. To get an idea of what my list looks like, you can download it at accountabilitycoach.com forward slash pal, P-A-L, Sample. And I'll put some other resources in addition to these in the show notes. Well, my hope for our time together with Eric is that you got value in an idea or two that will help you be even more successful and, of course, even more productive, both professionally and personally. Feel free to share my podcast with others as it can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. And if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute which can also be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries. Want more proven business success resources and tips? Subscribe to my blog at accountabilitycoach.com forward slash blog. And always remember to aim for what you want each and every day. Until next time, make it a great day, today and every day. I appreciate you listening.